Hello and welcome to Ismanis a podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with a wet match in a dark cave. Jashimo. It's one of the better insults in in the episode. Up was, ahead. That was really good. I wasn't cool. expecting you to use that one. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot I could have used. Yeah, but I'm I'm glad that I went with that one. It's just a, it's a nice visual, you know. Yeah, this it is. is. An, this is an audio medium, so I'm trying to wake up our listeners' like visual brain, like internal visual brain. You know it's a really saying? good description of me too. So thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Well, let's get started. We are watching season two, episode seventeen, <coughs> procrastination, and I'm with stupid. Act one, procrastination. I think this is actually a very, very, very fitting act one for us to be talking about, Josh. Do you want to know why? Why? Because we are recording this episode <laughs> on the day that it airs. Yes, that is correct, fair listener. I am going to part the curtain just a little bit to get you a little peek behind the scenes. It is Wednesday, May 22nd, the day that we are going to host this episode. And it is 1.47 a.m. And I'm going to have to edit this later. So that way, hopefully, it'll be out by like around 5 p.m. New York time. It's crazy. Maybe a little earlier if I'm lucky. <laughs> uh i was just very busy with work and uh yeah you just got back from boston so yeah time got a little bit away from me so um this act is about spongebob and he's supposed to write an essay for mrs puff on things not to do at a stoplight and he procrastinates on it and we just see the effects of that on his psyche so to start things off josh have you Ever been excited about an assignment but still procrastinated on it? Because he was super pumped. SpongeBob was like 100% into this essay that so much that his uh, classmates started to make fun of him. I am a serial procrastinator, and mm-hmm. I've always have been. Um, so I think don't think that there was never, I don't think there was ever an assignment that I had in college or high school or whatever that I didn't wait until the very last minute to do. So even if I was excited to do the project, I still waited the night before to do it. Uh-huh. I am also a serial procrastinator, so I 100% agree with you on that. But I do like SpongeBob's enthusiasm. He was, like, so excited for the essay. And then not only that, like, his classmate, he's like, 800 words! <laughs> and he also had yeah, buck teeth, too. And he's just so, so pumped. And I like... I. I kind of wish sometimes I had a like someone who wanted to learn from me that that much. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool that SpongeBob's such like a good. He's not a good student because he doesn't learn very well, but he cares a lot about what he does in boating school. And I think just in life in general, and that's kind of cool. Like that's a little lesson if you're in school. It's like trying to find enjoyment in every assignment because. Mm-hmm. Or else you're just going to go crazy writing those five-page essays that don't matter to you. I also think that as a student, you kind of forget the idea that, like, the teacher, if they're a good teacher, I will say there are exceptions to this rule. They have thought pretty carefully about every assignment on, maybe not so much in high school, I would say more at a collegiate level. Yeah. That every assignment is meant to teach you something or at least nail a concept deeper into your brain. So if you think of a, an assignment as like, oh, what is the teacher trying to teach me? I think it also makes the assignment a little easier. Yeah. 
I think so. Especially, I think if uh, I think a lot of people don't understand that when you're teaching someone something, you're not just teaching them like this is what you like. This plus this equals this. Like you're trying to teach them a concept and a way of thinking. And I feel like a lot of assignments kind of fail on that. Yeah. Like what not to do at a stoplight is definitely not a well thought out assignment because it's like, is it literally just a list of things? Cause that's what SpongeBob kind of like ended up making like just a list of things of not what not to do at a stoplight. Well, I think it's kind of silly to have homework in boating school to begin with. So it sounds like it's just kind of like a bull crap assignment that she just made up. Yeah. Yeah. Just for the sake of it. And then like just the fact that she completely forgot about a teacher's conference, which yeah. apparently she didn't have to leave town early. Like she still stopped by the the school. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I guess there's no answering machines in Bikini Bottom. They haven't been invented no, yet. No voicemail. Yeah. Cause Man. not once did I ever hear SpongeBob get a call from Mrs. Buff. Maybe she tried calling the same time that he called Patrick. Maybe she should have posted <laughs> she should have posted it on D2L or something. Speaking of like calling Patrick, I do I know what we've been doing a lot, and I'm about to shit a lot on Patrick in the next act. Mm-hmm. But he is pretty good in this act about calling him and Gary are good mm-hmm. about calling SpongeBob out. Exactly. And it's good to have people who are gonna be like, Are you doing this or are you actually just avoiding? Yeah. Cause I think that happens a lot when not I wouldn't say all procrastination is avoiding the assignment. I don't think, like, at least my procrastination sometimes, it's like the overwhelming nature of the assignment. Whereas I feel with SpongeBob, it was more like he didn't know what to write at all. Like, it was more of like a writer's block situation. No, I think he, he admitted it at the very end there. Yeah, he was just yeah. like, I don't know what to not to do at a stoplight. I've never done that before. I've never had to mm-hmm. be in that situation. I was a little bit disappointed in SpongeBob's choice of a title. I feel like a lot of people who do procrastinate do actually spend a lot of time on trying to figure out a title for their their whole essay. Their paper, yeah. Yeah. I what title could you have thought of? I don't know. Something I always like to try something inventive. So it'd be like Stoplights, what not to do at them. Yeah. Stoplight one oh one or stoplight for dummies. Something like that. <laughs> Mine would have been, let me think, don't stop the light. I don't know. I don't know. This is stupid. I was going to think of like, don't stop the music, but let me see. Um, Pump the brakes. Oh, pump the brakes. I like that one. Yeah. And I also think like having those creative titles makes it easier on the professor to be like, all right, this person is like having fun. I appreciate that. <laughs> so that's a small lesson. If you're, if you're writing a essay for your professor, write Write something good in the title, at least. Try to be clever. Yeah. I think it's kind of crazy that in the times before, you know, writing, like, word processing was a thing and typewriters were a thing, that people had to hand write a whole essay. Like, I, I, I definitely, like, lived through the small amount of time where it was, like, when we wrote, we wrote like longer form things and you wrote them by page. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I wrote a couple pages of stuff for a class, but like you never like at a certain point it was just all like typing. Yeah. It, like, it, it was, was assumed you would type it. It was, it is kind of a weird transition that we've lived through. Um, because I remember in elementary school, like 
barely touching a computer. Mm -hmm. And like, even when we did, it was like the most basic of things that we were doing, like not typing papers, nothing like that. And it wasn't until middle school that they really started requiring, like, you should probably get a laptop or a computer and turn this in, print it out. I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, I don't know. It was cool to live, like, live through that transition a little bit. Yeah, but can you imagine, like, our parents, like, having, like, I mean, my parents didn't go to college until, like, later in their lives when, you know, typing was, like, a bigger thing. But can you imagine writing a whole essay like a six or seven to eight page essay, like by handwritten. Hand. No, that's such a. F- it sounds like a nightmare. You'd have to it, have much better handwriting than I currently do now. Like a hundred percent. But like my dad's handwriting isn't good either. So, so it's like I don't I don't understand how maybe teachers are just much more miserable reading <laughs> through those the chicken imagine. scratch. And then, like, I don't know, my paper would always get, like, all smudgy, and it was just the worst. Yeah. And, like, for this particular um, example, like, it was specifically 800 words. So, like, did you have to count every single word that you did for those, like, assignments and stuff? Because, like you were saying, usually it was, like, a page-based thing, but what was it? Yeah. Like, but count? also, like, I used to write pretty big in general, especially, yeah. like, if I was writing quickly. So... If you had to do like, oh, write a paper by this time and you started writing like my one page may be like, I know I remember some girls in my class, they would like write so small, but it was like the most legible writing you could possibly do. But it was like, I'm telling you like a quarter of the size of my stuff. Yikes. <laughs> like if mine's like Times New Roman, like 16 and theirs is like Times New Roman 10. Wow. Like, <laughs> it was so like weird. I don't understand like how that's like a a good form of measurement that's why i think page length on assignments is so dumb like obviously i would just write in there just don't write something super short and if you do write something super short it should be amazing yeah it should be so amazing that like it it does all your arguing for you in like one paragraph um i do really want to call attention to something i don't think a lot of people are going to pay attention about in the actual episode and that is spongebob's coconut lamp oh i, I really enjoyed that. it he has a lamp where the base is a coconut oh <laughs> and i don't know why but i really enjoyed the fact that it was just like a, a coconut lamp and i wish i would see that more often i don't know if we'll ever see that again in the episodes but i was like this is silly but it makes sense for the world shout out to that coconut lamp shout out I really a moment of silence for the coconut lamp. Um, I really <laughs> like the uh, art style of the nightmare. At least the beginning of the nightmare, like it was all black, but there oh, was yeah, like a yeah, lot that of like, nightmare gets colors. nuts. It does get really crazy with the house talking, but like before that, when he's like running in the dark hallway, hallway and stuff, and everything is drawn with just like such bright colors, but a lot of like dark highlight. I thought was really really cool. Apparently, uh, according to the SpongeBob Wiki, in SpongeBob's Nightmare, when he runs through a hall, the episode title card background, there are deformed, melted, and melting clocks. This is a reference to the persistence of memory, oh. which is an is that art weird painting. Yeah, with all the melted clocks all over the yeah, plant, that doll, that Dolly clock. Yeah, painting. so I was like, that's cool. That's like Shout again, like SpongeBob is like made by adults so having like those really like adult like artistic references in there is kind of nice but i 
did not like that weird dirty talking chair. No, like, ooh, sitting me. So yeah, <laughs> like who's creepy? <laughs> I'm like, why is this chair so sexual? It like went from zero to a hundred real quick with that dream. It was just like sexual fucking chair and like the house that's on fire, literally dying. Like, yeah, the house. Oh god, it's like that was nightmare fuel. That entire sequence. Yeah. Also, apparently, I don't know if your episode had this because you watch like bootleg versions, right? Yes. Off the internet. Yeah. So I watched the Amazon Prime version. Apparently, there are deleted scenes that aren't aired. Uh huh. SpongeBob like looks out the window and he sees like everyone else having fun and like Patrick putting lotion on Sandy's on Sandy. back. Yeah. And then there's like a whole scene where he does calisthenics and he does like the workout. And in that weird, I don't remember the crash footage scene. Oh no! There's like a that, drag racer. I specifically, and it crashes. yeah, wrote that down. Down. Like I don't remember seeing that as a kid, but I yeah. thought it was hilarious. Like, yeah, seeing... I thought it was really great having yeah. it in there. And I definitely don't remember. I think I remember the calisthenics part as a kid, where he's like one, two, and like then they're doing the counting, and his nose yeah. does it, and then his eyelashes do it. Which I I remember the the eyelash part, but I don't remember any of like that weird. Like straight up, he's like, "Oh, I'm so excited to get my boating license," and they just show him crashing. This like a live action car drag racers just like flip and crash. Yeah, it was so funny though. Apparently, they deleted it though. It was a deleted uh, scene, but I was like, "It doesn't seem deleted." They played it on a uh, on um, Amazon Prime. So. And they, I also had that, yeah, because I also had the scene of him seeing everyone outside. Because yeah. that that was a little weird to me actually. That scene was odd. Because, like, I don't think we've ever seen Sandy without her suit and just the helmet. In, yeah, like, except for when she, like, pulled, where she pulled off her suit and her helmet to, like, yeah. prove a point to the, to the sea mammals. Right. I mean, sea animals. That and, like, the sun had this weird smile. Like, it it seemed more like a dream than anything. But Both, both. Was... This entire episode had some weird, like, animation styles going yeah. on inside it. It was just weird. It felt really, like... Uh, Rocco's Modern Life feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I do know that one of the people on Rocco's Modern Life did work on the SpongeBob team. Mm -hmm. I saw it on like a like a little mini doc thing, but I don't know. It was it was really weird. It was. I related a lot with SpongeBob when he is procrastinating and he like mm -hmm. cleans his entire place so much so that it all becomes chrome, which I found was interesting because we see, uh, we saw on the, uh, in the future episode the future, where he goes, that everything chrome. is chrome. So do you think everything is just super clean? Yeah, I could see that. I could see a future where we're trying to keep things super clean, but we do see, I don't know, maybe that's new. It brings new meaning to that episode because when those people come by and they spray that flower, they're not spraying it with like chrome paint. They're spraying it so clean. It turns chrome. Yeah. So I kind of like that better because like a future that's that's so squeaky clean sounds sounds kind of nice. Much nicer than the cold chrome situation that was in that episode. Yeah, and I also put that as a small lesson that productive procrastination can be very useful. Um, I find sometimes that if I am going to procrastinate, I might as well use that to, to get other things that are more useful done. To actually clean, yeah. 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 Or clean or just like something else. Like I can't tell you how many times I'll uh, try to productive procrastinate on something like if I want to do one assignment I'll do a different assignment so like especially I used to do it in high school where it's like I don't want to do my math 
so I'm going to do my English. And, like, you still have to do the math eventually. Or I would, like, procrastinate on stuff that I knew that I could get done later. Like, sometimes, like, I would write my labs during my Spanish class because I knew that I had other homework that I'd rather do. Yeah, that's fair. So, like, jumping from one thing to another, I feel like that's actually a pretty useful skill because it's very motivating to not do something and to use that to do other things. <laughs> well, I think it's also, like, it goes hand-in-hand hand with understanding how much time it takes you physically or mentally to accomplish something, right? So it's mm-hmm. easier to procrastinate and fill that time with other stuff if you know it's only going to take you a certain amount of time to do, like an assignment or whatever it is you're putting off. It's like a good self-awareness. I do like that SpongeBob. SpongeBob just had this has this wonderful like thought that I feel like when you're procrastinating, that like your mind just kind of runs wild with things, and that whole like bit about the mailman at the chain of mailmen who are like delivering other people's packages and he's like but then a p.o box which are definitely like the kind of thoughts i have when i'm like avoiding something yeah 100%. where it's like well if this happens then wouldn't this happen but what about this and literally like i think as i was watching the episode i was like hmm i wonder how this would happen or how this would work and it was just it spoke a lot to me a lot of like his per- his procrastination habits i was like oh god this is this is all me this is too relatable cleaning the nightmare situation by thinking about how i should work out and then maybe like having a workout and then being like oh i i gotta do stuff now it's too late i can't yeah oh well i'll get to it someday but we'll never get the answer to who mails a mailman's mail and it still haunts me it'll haunt us for forever so you ready for the bubble break always ready we're not going to put it off. We're not going to procrastinate. No, we're definitely not. We're doing it now. We're going to do it right now. We're going to do it right, live. Right now. Um, but speaking of procrastination, I think for this week, let's just keep it simple, short. And I just want to know if there was a time that you can remember a very specific assignment or life thing that you had to do that you procrastinated so much so to the last minute and like just caused all the stress. Yes. I mean, it's happened multiple times in college. There was a time in college where I had, uh, I think I was supposed to come in and bring in like a cut and I just straight up like, I don't know, I was so overwhelmed and I just straight up lied to my teacher and I told him I couldn't, I couldn't go. Or I don't even know if I lied. I was like, I think I was super honest in my email. I was like, you know, listen, I'm having like a horrible day. Like this is coming out of nowhere. Like I was like thought I was ready for this assignment but I'm not and it was like a group assignment too so it was even worse um but I feel like the one that really strikes me the most was in high school I had put off all these science like labs I think they were I forgot why I didn't do them the day of like because usually labs you do in class yeah but I think every lab had to do like you had to do like a reflection or something kind of dumb and so I was like oh I can do them like all at once but then i realized it was so much and it was the first time ever i had pulled an all-nighter like at that age so like i was in high school and i pulled like an all-nighter and it was really interesting because it was also the first time and this is why i feel like it stands out out of everything it was the first time i've ever experienced a migraine oh 
And for the rest of my life, now I know like when my body has had its limits. Cause even in college, in college, I would pull more like overnights and stuff like that. And I realized that like when my body has reached its point where it's like, you need more sleep, I get migraines Yikes. every single time. So now like, it's not as bad now. Like I could probably go like two to three nights with not very good sleep. And I also know how to treat them. Like, like it. now I know how like to deal with I them mean, when I'm actually you live, like, you live through college and that's a really good way to condition your body to like, yeah, but it's like not only that, but like I know how much how, like how little sleep I can get now and get away yeah. with it. But okay. I also know that like okay, if I have a migraine, I know how much ibuprofen I need to take in order to not feel the migraine anymore. Gotcha. So like I've I've conditioned myself one and then two because sometimes like even like one night of not very good sleep can like lead me to like feeling like I'm getting a migraine. Uh huh. So. So yeah, so th- that one will always stick out to me the the most. Like I think the other one in college was more of like a stress mental health situation and less of like I procrastinated on this. It was more like I'm not in a good spot. No. <laughs> I neglected my health way too long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what about you? Uh so in middle school for like one of our final projects for and I was terrible in middle school science. I would procrastinate on literally every assignment. Oh, this... my! that's another like confession I have. My mom helped me with almost every science project. Shout out to my mom. Mother's Day has passed, but shout out to my mom. <laughs> because uh, every single science fair pro- project I've procrastinated on in the sense that like, I think one year like I basically made it up. And then another oh, yeah. year, but like almost every single year, my mom would stay up with me and, but it wasn't like late. They're not overnights. It would literally like, I would type up everything and then we put it on the, on the board, th- that trifold board. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry um, to interrupt, but no, that's good. Immediately came flashback to that. No, cause I definitely do do the same thing. I definitely made up a project last minute was like about putting hair in plants and seeing how that. Putting them. hair in yeah. plants? Yeah, like... If that doesn't nutri- even seem like a real experiment. No, it is, and that's why I picked it, because I could find pictures and other research online that wasn't mine to post on a poster board. Your teachers never made you, like, do, like, steps. So, like, I had, like, pretty oh, thorough science teachers that were, like, you need to pick your experiment from the very beginning. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, it wasn't, like, I already knew I was going to do this project. And I thought I was going to go buy these plants, but I never <laughs> did. And I never bothered to like do any of the research until I had to show up with this science fair project. <laughs> Anyways, but that was just one thing. The big one was we're doing a group project and building a like Rue Goldberg machine, which if you guys don't know what that is, it's like you put all these like crazy steps together like a ball hitting something that triggers a balloon to go up, whatever, in order to make something very simple happen. And it was me and this girl, and I was like, all right, I'll take it on. We'll figure this out. And I got all the equipment and everything and then literally waited to the very last day to put it together. And I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Like I was like so tired and everything. So I just didn't go to school for like basically two days. <laughs> and finish the project and turn it in on the like very last day we were possibly able to. How, how old were you at the time? Uh, so middle school, so probably like 
Oh, so that was in middle school too. That was, in, that was yeah, yeah. That was in middle school. Yeah, this I feel is... like things are tricky in middle school because like you don't have agency as a middle schooler. Like you are very much at the mercy of your parents. Like yeah. if you were like, "Mom, I need to buy six plants," and your parents were like, "No." Like I remember one time for a science project, we had to like. I look. I mean, I lived on a military base. So it was a lot easier for me. Like we would call. We called like the clinic, and we were like, "Hey, we need some like petri dishes." Like. Can you give us some? And they're like, yeah, of course, because military has too much money anyways. And I was a student, so they were like, yeah, sure. And they like let me like take these petri dishes home, put stuff in it, and then let me use their incubator. They were all like very like super helpful, which I think from like a science standpoint, that's really nice of those adults to do that. Yeah. Um, but like that is a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money if that was not the case like you can't just walk into any hospital like a private practice hospital and, and just like, ask hey, for equipment can i use your free petri dishes no like that yeah. costs money yeah. um i mean i was very lucky that i lived on a military base where like technically healthcare is free so i don't know but like i don't know i think it's so weird that you put we put all these pressures and assignments on like younger children when we, I don't know, I guess you are kind of trying to develop that, like, time management skill. Yeah. But, it, like, again, they have no control over their schedules compared no. to, like, a college student. Like, a college student, I think, definitely should be trying to figure out how to, per- like, not procrastinate. A lot Like, I better, feel like yeah. that's your, your learning. That's, like, that's, that's should be the most learning college thing. is developing those skills. That way you leave college with at least trying to be an adult. Yeah. But even, even then, you're like you're at the mercy of like whatever your financial situation is. Yeah, you yeah. know, like if you're working three jobs, it's kind of hard not to procrastinate when you have like bigger fish to fry. Actually, paying to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Procrastination's crazy. It's a necessary evil. Act two. I'm with stupid, and that's not just an insult for you, Omar. Sorry. Um. So. In this, we join Patrick as he's frantically trying to get his apartment ready. And SpongeBob wants to know why. It turns out Patrick's family is coming to town to visit for Starfish Day. And he's afraid that they always think that he's the biggest idiot. He's so dumb and he needs help. So SpongeBob volunteers to act like an idiot. And of course, things kind of go awry as Patrick takes it way too far. And so, as I promised in the earlier act, I think we should just take the moment to completely on how awful of a person Patrick is in this episode. I feel like we've been building up a lot this season, how awful Patrick is, and it came to a head in this moment. He was the meanest I've ever seen him towards Fishbob. Oh yeah, he was the worst. And what's even worse is that he's so dumb in general. And then he was making fun of someone else because they were dumber. It's like you've been on both sides of this argument. Yeah. Like, and now that you think you're slightly smarter, you think you're better than everyone. Power corrupts us all. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's like to be laughing at and like mistreating your friend who is volunteering to make you look less stupid if your parents like and it's achievement it must be an achievement to make like patrick look smart 100 percent. that that's 
enough work for like a million people. Yeah. For you to like mistreat your friend that way is so crazy to me. Like I completely understand why SpongeBob loses his mind and literally runs through the walls of Patrick's house to get out of that situation. What I think is always weird about Patrick's house is when you run through the wall, like it goes to outside. Yeah. Even though technically it's underground. The 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 laws of logic don't apply to Patrick's house at all. Definitely not. I do like some of the dumb that Patrick says, where he's like, "Don't genius live in the lamp?" <laughs> and I was like, "That's a good but stupid line." We um, know we, we we know for a fact that he has a problem with genies later or earlier. He had that whole thing about genies, so I think this must take place before he learns about them. And then I also uh, like where he's like, "Math is power." And it reminded me a lot of uh, Adventure Time where he's where they say mathematical all the time. So I was I like to think like that's a small little like nugget of uh of inspiration. I doubt it though. Uh, mathematical is a pretty original sounding. It thing. is. <laughs> I like how they basically tell you the entire plot of the episode in the very beginning where he's like, "Why wouldn't I recognize my own parents?" parents yeah. <laughs> and it's just like the biggest like foreshadowing but you don't expect it at all. So I don't know. There's a lot of like little lines in here that are just throwaways that are really great. Like the eating funnel, the eating funnel. He's like, I and really like the eating funnel. He's like, I like, and it makes me think that does SpongeBob have like some type of eating fetish. I mean, maybe makes sense you... if he's a fry cook. Oh, yeah. Live your fetish. Maybe that's his <laughs> vice is that he's like, he likes watching people eat or feeding like, people like feeder porn or whatever. Ooh. Yikes. That's what uh, it's called, right? Feeder porn? I think so. If it's not, I think that's what it should be called. And look into that later. Um, I, my favorite little line or throwaway line line was like, life isn't just a bowl of fancy assorted cashews. I was like, that's pretty good. You know, and I think it's kind of weird because just recently in Boston did I ever see like different flavors of cashews. Oh. Because you, it's very common to see different flavors of almonds and different flavors of peanuts. Yeah. But I did see honey roasted cashews and like salt and vinegar cashews. I've never seen salt and vinegar. I've, That's I've never seen cashews. Yeah, it was too early. I also would have bought them. <laughs> um, also, I was dying from allergies. Yeah. But no, I just never seen assorted cashews before, which I think is very odd. And I don't know if they sell assorted cashews. I think fancier places do i think cashews is just a fancier nut and that's why you don't normally see it like in your typical really? yeah i feel like it's more expensive like cashew milk is crazy expensive isn't it i always thought that cashews are the opposite i thought they oh. were like even because i don't see ever like in a bar cashews you know you always see like peanuts in a bar but that, like, that are mean, free i always feel i always felt like that was because cashews were fancier mm-hmm. maybe not Someone I always needs- thought that if they would be like, I guess, I don't know. Some of us let us know what is the fanciest nut or legume <laughs> or whatever the classification is. Oh, I know what the fanciest nut is. A. These nuts. <laughs> ah, I'm going to hell. <laughs> yes. um, one thing that I do want to talk about is what the f*** is starfish day? Yeah, that's a good question. Do you Maybe- think that it's like an appreciation kind of day? Do you think it's like a starfish-based religious holiday? 
or do you think it's like uh like black history month where it's trying to be reparations to starfish i don't know I wonder, there's a lot of different things well i wonder if there is in bikini bottom or just under the sea in general like a special day for every type of fish right mm-hmm. is there a sponge day is there a crab day is there a whale day like, i don't think so no i don't think so either maybe maybe it's just a recognition for all the starfish so they can all be dumb like together once a day once a year because it seems like the stupidity in starfish is something that just runs in every starfish that's weird do you think they're treated like some type of minority i don't know i don't i don't like that's that's like the thing about the day that is like concerning to me is it like is it a day where it's like oh the the starfish came up with where like i want all of us to celebrate a day for starfish or is it some again is it like a reparations thing Whereas, like, everyone thinks so lowly of starfish that they give them, like, a day. I and, like, know. because the the status quo is anti-starfish. I feel like... I would really I hope know. it's not that. I, I just, really I hope it's I've not that either. Seen, I've never seen people bash Patrick for being a starfish, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, they just kind of bash him for being dumb, not because of what he is. But we never really see any other starfish apart from his family, like ever, in SpongeBob. Yeah. I do like that he does say his, like, classic line of, who are you people? Yeah. (laughs) Again. Um, But yeah, I would like to know the history of Starfish Day. I would like to think that it's more of, like, what Starfish came up with. Maybe maybe they did something super heroic, a long time ago. A long time ago, and it's to be remembered. I hope they, so. They sacrificed their intelligence <laughs> to save humans. Save everyone. Imagine. I also have a very important, very important observation slash question for you, Josh. I'm ready. <laughs> Why, when uh, Patrick gets his titties pushed, <laughs> do his eyes pop out? Does he like nip? Is this like a weird nipple play thing? He like he's like oh, and he pokes his stuff, and he's like this cheers you up. <laughs> he's like yeah, it does usually, but then his eyes come out of his. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this slightly, whole thing was. Like I don't want to kink shave, but I was slightly disturbed seeing it. Maybe that's his. We we just saw, we learned that SpongeBob has his feeding fetish, so yeah. maybe that's what Patrick likes. He likes nipple play. Imagine. It's not for me. It's not for me. I don't want my it's eyes coming out. I don't know how good that nipple play is, but I don't want it with my eyes coming out. <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite lessons from the episode, it comes directly from the, from like the transcript, is uh, dumb people are blissfully unaware of how dumb they are. I feel like that's pretty true. I do feel like that's true. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people out there who think that they are very smart or very, like, I don't know, like, how they're stuck together. But some of the times, sometimes those people are, like, the dumbest people I've encountered. Like, they just do the stupidest things. I met some pretty dumb people quite recently that I was like, do you know you're this dumb? (laughs) Like, they're really nice, but they're, like, you're, you can't... I feel like you can't carry on like an adult conversation 
I don't think politics is strictly an adult conversation, but I do uh-huh. think it requires some higher level thinking to be to debate concepts that are political. Or like yeah, some sort of self thinking that you're not just repeating the shit you read or well, not even to. like that. Like I'm talking about people who couldn't even contribute to the conversation. Oh, and not because oh. they didn't want to, but like when they, <laughs> they opened their mouth and they started talking about it, like they had were not educated on it at all. Wow. And we're not talking about like higher level political stuff, like I don't know, like something specific, like the electoral I, college. Yeah, or like we're not breaking down like higher level things it was like very much like do you believe this or this i don't know it's like for me when people are like the world is flat it was it was like is it (laughs) it it is so wild to encounter people like that though and like i don't think we're we're not trying to be mean mean here listeners (laughs) because i'm sure that you as a listener have encountered just people out there that who are just like it you really question how they function day to day like how how do you survive your day of life like being this I don't know dumb. I don't know we sound real <laughs> pretentious right now but I I feel like there's different levels of intelligence like there's yeah. emotional intelligence like there's people who are like there I can't tell you how many times like I've been like working with people especially when you work like in an industry where there are people who are like building things who have like very good like spatial intelligence like yeah. this is how we're gonna pack the car. And, like, I feel like I've gleaned, like, some info from them. Or, like, even, like, people who are, like, you know, maybe know electrical wiring, like, a lot better than someone else does. And, like, you gleaned off some stuff like that. Or computers, like, you learn stuff from there. But, like, you do meet people who are, like, so good at, like, I know a lot of, like, (laughs) I don't know a lot of them. I've met a lot of engineers that are very smart, but socially they're, like, dumb. Yeah. They're super, yeah, inept is a better word. Yeah. Not dumb inept not not they haven't stretched those muscles so maybe it's not that we're just like you meet dumb people it's just that they are just very efficient in other areas of their life mm-hmm. and you don't see it so i wonder what that would be for patrick yeah i was also wondering that what, yeah. what is he is very know. good at creating furniture from sand and spit i was very yeah. impressed by that i actually wrote that down as a note i said patrick may be the best sandcastle making entity and spaghetti and bikini, and bikini bottom. bottom yeah he fabricated a lot of sand yeah castle things and like that's actually a skill that like, there's whole contests for that there are yeah uh, above land so he can make a, a killing i'm sure they do prizes or something i saw rocket power i know how cool it is to build sand castles <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh i do love where he's like i found a note and he's like look on the back it's a letter that's such a throwaway joke, but it's so stupid, stupid. but like so good. just silly that I love it. Why was it kept in his belly button? How much? What all do you think he keeps in that belly button? I feel Secrets like it's of the universe, basically. Um, I don't know, lint, some chicken, a pizza. <laughs> a pizza. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. What do you? How do you feel about SpongeBob's act as a dumb person? I thought it was like what he thinks a dumb person could be i don't know it was weird i guess it's weird now in a 2019 mentality to see that mm-hmm. but uh i thought it was like there are parts where it was like really odd and like abstract like him making like alarm noises which was weird like that he was able to do that to begin with but 
I don't know. When I think of like someone acting dumb, I don't think that they're like blaring <laughs> alarm noises. Yeah, screaming. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. This is going to be a little controversial of a statement, but here, here's my, my thinking. I do think this episode is a little bit fucked up. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's targeting. And this is why I say it. I feel like it targets special needs people because there's a lot of behaviors that SpongeBob does that I've seen in special needs people. But the thing that triggered me the most about it was where he's like, I'm wearing a helmet. Yeah. And yeah. I know there are, you know, special needs There's people who need a helmet. A lot of, but yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if it holds up to my 2019 sensibilities. No, there's I, a lot of great just jokes, and like I don't think the, I don't think all the jokes are like targeted in that way. But there's a lot of great jokes that like you know are like oh shake your hand or shake your arm up and down and his like arms like was, those yeah. jokes I really like because those are like more of like a play on words and how we speak as like. Like I could see like that happening, I don't know. Like it's fun. It's only funny for an English speaker. I feel. Yeah. But like all the other stuff where it's like, I don't know. Like it felt really, really weird. Yeah. For me. Yeah, and I think a lot of old humor when it comes to like people acting dumb does like take from special needs people because yeah. I feel like even like Dumb and Dumber sometimes I'm like this is just like. Yeah. Kind of offensive, but like I like there's a fine line I think between someone who is who could be intelligent but is not and then someone who has some type of mental disability. Yeah. Well, and that's... I feel like the 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 line of comedy like mixes those two a lot. Yeah. And it's very, I don't know, it's a very weird place to play in. Yeah. Or like try to make jokes in yeah it's it's tough it's definitely tough and like really hard to watch now so that's why i was like this episode was a little weird for me yeah it was a little weird another lesson i got from this episode though that was also really weird for me and he's just like oh he even wears like mascara yeah and and i was like like there's definitely men who even at this time at that time the episode was being made wear makeup they wear makeup. Yeah. It's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. I, I know. Wear makeup. I know a lot of men that should wear makeup because <laughs> they're should. ugly as. <laughs> and I look at one every day in the mirror. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have really good self esteem, guys. Um. I also another lesson I wrote down was don't tell people they are dumb. I think yeah. it's kind of rude to call people dumb, even if it's true. Unless the, unless they're doing something that's like. I feel like directly offensive to someone that is kind of dumb. You're like that. What yeah. you're doing is dumb and like mean. I feel it's like okay to call someone out for that. Yeah, and then um, also people can grow. I feel like Patrick's parents have not given Patrick the benefit of the doubt that he has gotten better, more proficient as like a as an adult. Yeah. She has. He has his own little home. Like he was able to get everything prepared, even though SpongeBob thought it was another episode. But yeah, which it makes me wonder what past episodes Patrick. <laughs> I mean, we all go through the shit sometimes. We all have those episodes. On to our big lesson. Our big old lessons, baby. Which you know, for this week, was a little weird. Both these episodes were kind of like very one-sided 
there wasn't a lot of content, I guess. Yeah, this one definitely feels like a filler episode. Yeah. Still still some memorable moment moments for sure. Um, I just think like the last three episodes were so good, and I feel like the rest of the season is just like hard to keep. I don't know. Like in my head, it felt like this season was people like the team, like let's make a bunch of like episodes and then work really hard on like a couple of them. Yeah. And leave the other ones to kind of just like fend for themselves. Just like exist. Like, you know how you try hard on like one thing, but you like not half ass, but like just barely meet the bar on the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about some of these episodes where like they're barely like just like check mark. We got another episode for this week. Now let's do like a good one. Yeah, I agree. It, it's been a weird season. I guess I don't. Re- a lot of the episodes were not as good as I don't remember as I remember them being. Which is yeah, cool. I was really pumped for season two. It was yeah. weird. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully that shapes up with the last two episodes yeah. of the season. We'll see. Um, what did you get for your uh, big lesson this week? So my big lesson was very much like I feel very applicable to my life, uh-huh. but I felt it a lot in this episode was try to break the cycle of anxious thinking. Ooh, that's good. Okay. Because I feel like act one procrastination is very much like the anxiety of him not finishing the essay in time. Uh Very much fueled, you know, that whole nightmare sequence. Yeah. But also, like, he could have gotten his work done earlier. Or even if he, and this is, like, bad advice in general, but, like, even if he had been like, I'm going to go have fun and then just, you know, suffer later, which I feel like there's sometimes you got to do that where it's like, I mean, here, here we are editing, like talking about our podcast at two o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, sometimes you have to have the full day and you just, you know, tough it out and you have like a, a not so well rested night and but you enjoyed it. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of times you can do that. And then act two is the same thing. Like Patrick was so anxious about his parents coming and I feel like he could have used the time. Well, I mean, he used the time like cleaning up his house, but I feel like he could have relaxed a little and maybe like mentally prepared himself for the barrage of backhanded comments his parents are going to say. Yeah, I mean. Or maybe like prep, prep himself. Maybe do like a little bit of flashcards or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> smarter. Come up with a but, better plan than having SpongeBob act like this, like doofus. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like in both, both episodes are just great examples of like there's times where you're just, and I know it happens with me a lot where I just get so anxious and so overwhelmed that I get so caught in that cycle of anxiety. Yeah, that when I go to do something, it that anxiety is fueling all those choices. It becomes a and, overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, and then like. For me, I feel like there are times where that helps, where like sometimes doing the anxious thing, like I still get everything done in time, but the times that it doesn't work out, like it really sucks. So trying to like stop that kind of thinking in its tracks is difficult, but like I think is very indicative of this episode. Like this episode, there's a lot of anxiety in it, I feel. Yeah, that's good. And it goes really well, kind of basically hand in hand with uh, what I got. And that was like, do you go cheating off other people's? Hundred percent. Again, people's... I'm really good at this. Ever since middle school, uh, <laughs> your um, science girl. It's it's my go-to, honestly. Um, <laughs> don't be your own worst enemy is what I got nice. for this week. 
Um, and I think it's very, very clear in both acts how that works. And in Act 1, we see SpongeBob, clearly all this procrastination, like you said, all this like nervousness and anxiety and all this stuff he has just mm -hmm. compounds into this huge issue where he's like having a nightmare. And he probably could have burned down his house if he mm -hmm. was, you know, goofing off and stuff. Like all this stuff, all the terrible things that happened in his dream probably could have happened in real life. Yeah. Um, just by putting all this off. And then in Act 2, I feel like both SpongeBob and Patrick are their own worst enemy in this situation. And Patrick, we obviously see him just like... Being a horrible friend. Being a horrible friend and how that pushes away SpongeBob, but also how him like not just accept the fact that maybe he is dumb or that his parents feel this way like just causes him all this unnecessary stress and drama and with spongebob mm -hmm. like he's his own worst enemy that he like couldn't get out of these people thinking he was dumb because he already like dug this hole he like he already acted this way like, there's no way he's gonna like turn it around now like try to get a yeah, second I chance there's no reason to have a second chance at that point yeah that whole impression of him like you just made like a i'm not saying that first impressions are always so binding but that it's like huge it is huge in that episode where he's like so much so like presenting this persona that's incredibly not him yeah right but um yeah you know, it's i do think they go hand in hand because anxious thinking usually comes from yourself yeah yeah like it does it's not like other people make you anxious no sometimes their energy can make you anxious but either way it's yeah. it they, comes from inside you. Yeah. It all comes from inside. Yikes. <laughs> well, I want to thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Hopefully it gets to you on time and we don't procrastinate. <laughs> See what I did there? Hey. But um, if you want to send us any suggestions or comments that you've been procrastinating on, please reach out to us on ismaniaspodcast.com or email us at ismaniaspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and also be sure to share with your friends and your enemies and to comment on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe as well. So that way you can follow us for forever and ever. We can, we can help you procrastinate. You can listen oh, to us, yes. and it's a great way to procrastinate. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I hope that you guys like put off all the important things in your life and just listen to Josh and I talk for forever and ever. That's good. It's good for you. Yeah. And before you go, we want to just give you a nice, nice, nice feeling before you leave. So we're going to give you our Pats for Patrick. <laughs>